Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58. Here is Stormy Bonatoni and Michael Lombardi on VSEN, the sports betting network. Bay in Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi. Stormy Tony with you getting set for all things Super Bowl 58. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers going head-to-head in just a couple of days. Boy, we are getting closer. With Philly, we've been here a while, huh? Feels like we've been here a while. A lot <laughs> yes. of things, a lot of moving parts, a lot of talking. I'm going to need a, like a rest of my vocal cords here because I'm sure, this is ridiculous. Well, you're working. Not only are you working our show every single day, plus doing the pod as usual, but the normal hits you do have been multiplied by 50. Yeah, I but feel that, like. that's okay. But it's the fun. That, the, the, like we just had, we're going to have Chuck Pagano on the show later, or, or yeah, in about half an hour. About a half hour, and we were just talking about some of the, and I was trying to teach you some Al Davis stories and you keep giving me that look like I'm making all this up like I'm writing a novel (laughs) it doesn't seem real I I can tell you a story okay so I'm ready all right here's the story I was as we celebrate Super Bowl week welcome everybody in here I was living in Berkeley California and one of my neighbors in Berkeley California was a writer named Michael Lewis and he was working on the he was working on the the Moneyball book at that mm-hmm. time, and he, and I linked him up with a couple people that from the analytical world that I knew, and so he spent time. So we became friends. So we would go periodically to lunch together at this restaurant called Saul's over in Berkeley, and I would share Al Davis stories with him there. And he said, "Look, you you got to go back and meet my editor, Star Lawrence, back in New York. If you're ever out of the league, you got to go back and meet Star and tell him some of these stories, because this would be." Fascinating. Fascinating in a book. Yeah. And so eventually, when the, after the art shelf fiasco happened, I got fired. I left. And then I went back to New York and I sat in Star Lawrence's office. It was incredible. It was like everything I thought it would be. All these books around and this guy's got a bunch of stuff on his desk. And anybody has a name like Star for a first name, you're kind of intimidated a little bit. And so I start telling him Al Davis stories like I tell you. Yeah. And he just puts his head down and says, nobody would believe this. That's what I'm saying. I know. I'm I'm backing it up. I feel like every story that I have heard to this point (laughs) is like something that you would see in a movie or a movie (laughs) script. And like it just does not feel like real life. it's Al, whether it's some of the other people that worked oh, in the, the organization. Cast of characters yes, that we exactly. had, the run runs and all that. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I know it. And, and everybody would say, I used to say this all the time when I worked there. I called it the Hotel California mm-hmm. because you could ne- you could always check in, but you could never check out. Like you, once you were part of the fabric of the place, you were never leaving. The, the thing that was interesting is, is I always said this, if Arliss, the TV show that was on HBO, if they ever spent like two weeks, if those producers would have just walked around, they would have more material than ever to work with. Oh, I'm with. sure. Yeah, where was Hard Knocks then? Oh, my God. They, he would have never let it in the building. Of course, he would have never let the Chiefs in the building. That's another. That's a whole other story. <laughs> which we will get into a little bit later. Speaking of the Raiders, former NFL MVP played in a Super Bowl with the Oakland Raiders. Rich Gannon is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. You mentioned Chuck Pagano. Cannot wait to get some more storytelling. 
storytelling going mm -hmm. when we have him on, as well as Mike Mayock, former Raiders GM, of course, great NFL analyst and broadcaster. He'll stop by. Plus, what's your connection, by the way, with Bonnie Jill Laughlin? I'm excited to have her on the program. No, no connection whatsoever, really. But I just she's been like a remarkable person. She's won six yes. rings and she's been a scout with the Lakers. And I've just read about her. I've never really had any friendship with her or none of that. It's just she's been able to have this career in scouting, which, you know, it's to say for a woman, that's unfair, right? I mean, everybody's a scout. Millie's a scout. You can trust me on that. She can scout. Which that was the highlight of my day meeting her, by the way, her oh, yeah. popping on for the final yeah, segment. Like she, briefly. Can, she can scout with the best of them. So, but anyway, she's scouted basketball yeah. and football. And so interesting career. And then she's just written a book. So anytime yes. somebody writes a book, I'm all for promoting it because I appreciate people that promote my book. Yeah, particularly about women in sports. So looking forward to having her on here in a, like a very unique path too. And she has a connection with the San Francisco 49ers. She like was a former cheerleader and somehow like go, she, I, it's so cool to me to hear from like going from cheerleader to NBA scout to author and like host <laughs> and that? all of these. Yeah. It's a really, really interesting journey. So pumped to have her on the show. Um, but let's get into a little bit of talk. Uh, the latest on Super Bowl 58, where things stand, we are still at the 49ers favored by two. That total is standing pat at 47 and a half. Like it has the last week and a half. Um, as the practices can today will be the last real practice right. this today's, week. Today's the last. It's the last. It's another red zone day, another yep. short yardage day. What I found fascinating yesterday, Stormy, was Billy Walters was walking around here. Yep. And you saw he got interviewed by a lot of people. And legendary sports better for anyone who doesn't know. Legendary sports better. And he put out that he liked the Chiefs. He thinks the line was four points off. That's what I heard in an interview. And so I thought when he said that, because Billy Walters is one of these people that moves a line. Very influential. You know this from being here. So I thought that line would move, and it didn't. Now, a lot of people think perhaps he was saying that to move the line because he can do that, right? Mm -hmm. But I thought once he declared that, I thought for sure there would be some form of movement towards the Chiefs, right? I thought it would go back down to one and a half, mm -hmm. maybe even one, because so many people would take Billy's advice and kind of take it to the window. Well, and some, and I, I like that you countered that with like maybe that was intentional because like that was something that he was known for back in the day is sending some of his I don't want to call them lackeys, but for lack of a better word, runners. Some of his runners. Exactly. It wasn't Run Run Jones, oh. but it was a runner. He would have messed it up. <laughs> run Run would have messed it up. Mess up the coffee pot too. <laughs> um, and then like with the thought of betting the other side right. at a bigger wager. Um, from an injury standpoint, a couple did pop up for the Chiefs in addition to Joe Tooney, who Andy Reid has you know been on the You're record of playing. calling it a long shot we already have said yep he's not playing to us um but Rasheed Rice and Clyde Edwards-Alaire both were downgraded to limited in yesterday's practice I guess Rice got stepped on during practice but Andy Reid said he's all right and good to hear because he's going to be a critical piece yeah people are Sunday. playing his over number because I yes. think you're going to have to have a big part I mean look let's face it they've gotten here with Pacheco they've gotten here with Kelsey Mahomes protecting the football no turnovers since the Jones interception on Christmas Day mm -hmm. you know had 14 during the regular season and They've been able to get here with 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 the ability of, of Kelsey, Mahomes, Pacheco, those guys. So I think it's really been effective. Um, also on the on the 49ers side, George Kittle, Eric Armstead, they're still limited, um, but we know that they're going ahead and play. Also, did you hear about the fire alarm going off at the hotel yesterday? I heard that. I heard that. That was, yeah, that's the always The 49ers can't, uh, not that I'm making excuses for San Francisco just because no. I'm a fan, but they can't catch a break. First yeah. the field, and now the fire alarm's going off at 6 a.m. at the hotel. I know, in the horrible? That's horrible. Have so, you had that happen when yeah, you're on we the did. road? Yeah, we did. We had it happen when we were in San Diego, right? When You know, we were in San Diego when we played that one-week Super Bowl, which was horrible. Look, everybody wants to be a comedian, right? So everybody wants to come and try to do things that, that, that kind of can upset the rhythm of the team. Yeah. It's not going to have any effect. Well, that's what well, Christian McCaffrey was saying uh, when he was talking yesterday. He was like, I know it wasn't an accident. Somebody did this. Yeah. And, and I'm sure Nick poor Al Davis will too. get blamed for it. You know, yeah. he always got blamed for stuff like Apparently, that. Apparently, and I didn't remember this last year um i probably should but i guess ahead of the nfc championship last year their hotel wherever they stayed was like just huge construction going on in next Philly. door early in the morning oh, 
mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's all, they're, everybody's working against us. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. I mean, look, he's got to try to find an angle. The Chiefs have been playing this, we're the, we're the underdog angle for, for, oh, yeah. for a while. And they've been enjoying it, even though everybody's been picking them to win. But they've been playing that underdog angle. Well, so it's interesting. And Andy Reid has even said, like, any game I'm in, I don't feel like I'm an underdog. And rightfully so, when you look at the dang numbers, considering, especially, we, we've said it ad nauseum this week, but the Patrick Mahomes, as an underdog, 11-1-1 against the spread, and he's won 10 of those 11, uh, 11 wins outright. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, I mean, Andy, and we also know, and we've seen this stat, right, that when Andy Reid has 13 days of rest, right. a bye week, he's 31-7 and seven straight up, he's 26-3 and three with Mahomes and Donovan McNabb as a starting quarterback, and so, you know, he lost a game with the Eagles mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Remember that game? Lost to the Bucks, you know, and so, and he lost to the Patriots when they had a bye week could come to the conference championship game. So for me, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, it plays into effect of the preparation, but this preparation to me, Stormy, is more about there'll be some creativity in the opening drive, but I think Andy knows he's limited mm-hmm. by the offensive line's ability to pass protect. He's limited by the skill that he has in terms of explosiveness, right? Can he make a play down the field? So I don't know if he's going to try to get away from what brought him to the dance, which is let's play sound defense, let's run the football, let's manage the game correctly. Mm-hmm. I see we got Baldy on. The, we got a special yes. guest today. He's going to, after we hit the commercial break, he's going to join us. So fortunate we're adding another awesome guest to our already stout list today um but real quickly also at nfl honors last night and we can carry over this conversation with baldy when he joins us joe flacco i want to make sure i give you your flowers here man comeback player of the year you were a good one you were telling people you were the first person i heard say Let's look at that 250 to 1 on Joe Flacco. I mean, I didn't think he was going to be as good as he ended up being. Well, because we even joked, like, he's not going to win it, but yeah, it's I know. worth a flyer. If I you mean, think I even said he, was gonna, he should win the comeback player from 2018. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, look, I, I think to me, the problem with these awards is whether it's the MVP or the comeback, there's like really no definition for the award. Mm-hmm. Like Especially no, that one. There's none, even for the MVP. Like, you know, uh, you know, people are, are all saying, well, it should have been Lamar. It was unanimous. And then once somebody didn't vote for Lamar, that makes him wrong. Well, what is the definition for the award? I don't know. What is it? The most valuable player? Does it be the team that has to have the number one seed? Like, I don't know what the criteria is. It's the same thing that goes into the Hall of Fame. Last night, you know, I, I can't believe Antonio Gates doesn't get but into the Hall of Fame ballot. or the first ballot Hall yeah. of Famer. When he's got 2,500 more yards than Gronk, he's got eight more touchdowns in his career than Gronk, 60 more touchdowns than Gronk, and yet we know Gronk's going to get in on his first ballot, and he should. I think Gronk's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But you're telling me Gates isn't? Mm-hmm. Like, so when Gronk is up, you're going to have two. T- I think it's just ridiculous. Look, I love Devin Hester. I think he's great. But if you're going to ask me Gates or Hester, I'm going there. Patrick Willis, great. Eight years. See, for Patrick Willis, eight years is okay. But for Sterling Sharp, it's not. Like, it, there's no consistency within the rankings. But we got to run. Yeah, we have to hit the break here. But like you said, I mean, I can tell how heated and passionate you are about that. So let's make sure we carry over some of the Hall of Fame conversation as well as the NFL Honors Awards that came out yesterday because there were a couple of surprises. Uh, and I was out there on the red carpet. I actually talked to Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Flacco, yesterday. From Haddon Township, Haddon Field. He's right by where Baldy lives, too. I asked him about what snacks he ate while he was on the couch waiting to get his <laughs> next shot. Uh, we got Brian Baldinger coming up with us next on the Lombardi Line. Stick around. We'll be right back from Meteor Row. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. You'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you'll get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. We are rolling along here live from Media Row in Las Vegas at the Convention Center in Mandalay Bay alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond, and Tony with you. And we're pleased to be joined now by Brian Baldinger, former longtime NFL career, also NFL Network analyst, host, all yeah. the things. Welcome. Yeah, it's a busy place, Stormy, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm with my old buddy here, yeah, Mike. So, great. Yeah, I mean, finally someone to keep him in line. Well, no, he, he we used to hang out at NFL Films together, the, the house right. that Steve Sable built. Baldy's got an office up there. He was, you know, doing a. You he still does. He's had those Baldy breakdowns online. Yeah. They're incredible. You know, and he's got players that watch him. All right, so let's go to a Baldy breakdown. People have been running the edges on the 49ers defense. Yep. What do you think the answer is going to be from Steve Wilkes to stop that? Do you think they bench Chase Young? Uh, with that effort, it's, it's <laughs> the effort that he played with the other day. I just don't understand. I mean, he plays high, way too high. Right. Doesn't get off blocks. And then the, the idea that you can pursue to the other side of the football and make a play is still foreign to him. Yes, I get you know, So, like, you know, but I mean, look, what Steve's going to do is, like, he comes down to, uh, I remember an old soundbite with Bill Belichick when it was, like, during the Super Bowl, and he's saying, look, they're not going to call any holding calls. You're not getting any calls. So get your pad level down. Mm. Like, use your hands. Get off the blocks. Like, the bases, right? Right, right, just, right. Disengage stack shed and, and go make these plays yeah I, I agree are you surprised that you know he's he's we both live in philly stormy and so he's known andy reed forever and nobody knows andy like pabaldi does and he knows andy hates calling runs right are you surprised how many runs andy has called over the last four weeks of since the cincinnati game forget the charger game at the end of the year but those four games andy's personality's changed i think it had to though mike i just thought during the course of the season when they were really struggling offensively you know against denver and some of the games that they were not very good in, I thought they could be morph into a power running football team, and that's what they've become. Yeah, you know, and I thought the the strength of the offense outside of Mahomes was honestly, you know, Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, that trio, and they're as good as anybody in the league right yeah. now. And so I thought, and then Pacheco just he got. He got busy, he got on a roll, and, you know, he's, he's a hard guy to tackle. And so I thought Andy, as much as he wants to come out and throw it, throw it, like Mahomes has to turn it over the last four weeks, right. and it's a big part of it. It's not in his hands all the time right now. Yeah. With this Chiefs team, I feel like 90%, maybe more, of the people that have come on our show this week have said all the analysis they want to do, this matchup versus this matchup, but then you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. And I feel like that's been the biggest analysis we've gotten. Are you in that camp, or I where am. do you sit? I am, Stormy. And because, you know, he's been 
been there. You know, he, he, he and so like he's always being challenged. So 33 below zero against Miami, just played fine. Goes into Buffalo first away playoff game. Nothing bothered him. I was in Baltimore for the AFC Championship game. I mean, the first two drives, like the ball didn't hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And so you you just see this level of confidence and experience. It's hard to go against it. And I, I remember this, Mike. Um, I, I've, I've done probably 15 Kansas City Chief games since Mahomes has been there. His warm-up and routine never changes. Right. And it's to my, it reminds me of watching Steph Curry warming up. Right. Like there's a purpose and a method to what he does. And the same thing with Mahomes. So when he makes the throw to Kelsey for the opening touchdown against Kyle Hamilton, it's a perfect throw. But I just watched him make the exact same throw in warm-ups. Right. You know, for an hour. Right. Running the entire passing tree. And I don't see enough quarterbacks warming up with a purpose like that. Now Brady was the same way, though. Brady yes. did exactly the same thing. How about Purdy? Where are you? I know you are where you are on Purdy, but share with us your thoughts on Purdy. Well, I, I've been calling him the silent assassin because, you know, nobody wants to give him the credit it's for amazing. what he's done to get this team to where they're at. He got him on the doorstep last year. He got hurt. It happens. He's right back here again this year. And they can talk about all of, the, you know, the weapons. Right. Well, you still got to get the ball to him. Right. Yeah, exactly. And this is not an easy offense, Mike. No, I know. I mean, there is so much pre-snap that you got to take care of. He does that like a, like he conducts the orchestra. And then, you know, these layered throws in the middle of the field are not easy. Right. Layered throws, if it's not layered properly, gets tipped, it gets intercepted. And he's almost flawless in that. And there's a reason why Debo and Kittle, like, there's so many yards after the catch because he's putting it right on a tee to him. Yeah, no question. So, and, and, and she knows as well as anybody. She keeps citing the stat about they're the best team in, in the after the catch and air yards. I mean, yeah. like, if you have great air yards, how is it just – just the receivers making all the plays. Somebody's, and just the location. I mean, the location, the decision-making. I always say it, it's not just the talent. It's like the speed of decision-making, the speed, uh, how fast he goes through progressions. And then his ability, I mean, not just last week in the NFC Championship game against Detroit, but his ability to maneuver the pocket, to be able to get to that second read or the third read and with his eyes down the field is almost it almost can't be taught. So, so why to you is he so controversial? I, I think there's still that tag about Mr. Irrelevant. I think part of it part of it is the way that he looks. Maybe like he just doesn't look like Josh Allen or some of these other guys. But I, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we have me and Mike have said you know this is the coming of Joe Montana. I don't want to go that far with it. He's got to win one of these and then some. But, like, he reminds you of that. Like, he he's phlegmatic. He's deadly accurate. Right. Like, he understands where everybody's at, spatial relations. He knows where the check down is when it's necessary. And I think Kyle loves coaching him. I think he really does. And I think what, one of the things that I learned a long time ago in scouting was it's better to be quick-minded than quick-footed. Yeah. And he's quick-minded. And he is quick-footed. I mean, he ran away from Brian Branch. You know, everybody wants call him an underachiever on the run he runs away from brian branch so if you're breaking down okay we're going to attack we're going to attack spagnola's defense i thought buffalo did a great job had the ball for 37 minutes yep. they averaged four eight or pass four seven a carry you know they mess up in the red zone they miss the field goal Diggs drops a long pass do you think kyle copies a little bit of that game plan out of his out of base personnel but spreads them well, I mean, it's one way to run it, for sure. You know, and I think, you know, the Chiefs are down a couple of defensive linemen losing a matter who, you know, um, and so... You know, they certainly can. I mean, McCaffrey's got 48 touches in the yeah. postseason. It's not like they're not feeding McCaffrey. Right. right? He's going to get his touches. And then it's a question, honestly, of just can you sustain offense to stay on the field right. and really get him into a rhythm? Because if he gets into a rhythm, he's going to get in the end zone. Right. And he's going to get his breakaway run. I mean, Which Baltimore never got into a rhythm. But you have to stay out there. You have to stay on the field. So sustaining offense, whether it's third down conversions or getting the first downs on first or second down, whatever it is, um, this it's paramount. Yeah. NFL Network's Brian Baldinger joining us live on the Lombardi line from Media Row in Las Vegas. And uh, Christian McCaffrey yesterday after he won Offensive Player of the Year said we got one more. Yep. Let's see what they can do. Uh, any surprises for you last night at NFL Honors, whether it be one of the awards or Hall of Fames? Because I know there's one player that Michael was very Gates disappointed not in, in not Fame. getting in. Antonio Gates. I don't know. He should walk right in. He walks. I mean, I mean he was the ultimate red zone threat for got, well uh, over a decade. Nobody could cover him. 
Now, Gronk's going to be a first-time ballot Hall yeah. of Famer, correct? Yep. He's got 2,500 more yards than Gronk has. They no. play the same amount of seasons, right? He's got 24 more. T- I mean, it's like ridiculous. Who's doing the voting, Baldy? I, I, I don't know what the, what goes on and what gets said. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I'm not going to use the word political. and But, you know, I mean, facts are facts. You know, I mean, you don't have to be a great you don't have to watch a great amount of football, but Gates in the end zone from Phillip Rivers was just a constant. That's unbelievable. Which, what Did you have a vote in any of these? Did you agree with Lamar and all these votes? Did you have anything? Uh, well, you know, look, I, we, like, we love Miles Garrett, but don't tell me that Miles Garrett was the player, of the defensive player of the year. Like, he had splash plays this year. It was almost, he, he did miss games with injuries. Yep. He did come out of some games. Um, he, he didn't have much of an impact in their playoff game None. or down the stretch. Yeah, no. Like, was pretty quiet and you could say okay he's double teamed they they did all this so is Crosby like to me I don't know how you can't watch Max Crosby play and go how can you play any better and once once AP took over his effort was just contagious the defense completely changed and he was an unstoppable force he really was it was remarkable his his you know we see these guys substitute and going through it (laughs) But Crosby never comes off the field. He doesn't want to come off the field. He wants to have a chance to impact every play. I, I love those mic'd ups of him where he's just, uh, to the quarterback, just letting you know I'm here. Like, just, the, uh, just you know, just always being around. He's yeah. great. I mean, look, he's he's going to take his jabs at Mahomes and all these guys. He's like, he doesn't even really tackle Mahomes to the ground when he gets him now. He doesn't want to take any chance that, you know, our best player in the league, the MVP, is going to be, you know, guilty of roughness or anything. So he just wraps him up and then he throws him and, you know, here's the <laughs> What you pick for the game? Who are you going with? I, I, I can't go against Andy and Mahomes and Spags. Yeah. I mean, I think Spags is the best big game, st- you know, tactician that we have in the game today. Right. And he just proved it in Baltimore. And he, he did it like he did it differently against Josh Allen that game. He let Josh have his runs, but he didn't give up one explosive play. Nope. Didn't. I mean, that's the key. To the, that was the key to the game. They averaged four eight a pass play. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Now, if Diggs catches the long one, it would have gone off. But but to me, he didn't. And so that's the game. That's yeah. what's so unique about this Chiefs team we've talked about them for years and their offensive explosiveness and it's always been the offense and we're talking about the defense a whole lot more I, this I remember year. Stormy I, I, I had uh, Andy Reid on my podcast mid-season and like Mike said I've, I've known him since he came to Philly in 1999 and I said Andy for the first time since I've known you I'm talking more about your defense than your offense and he didn't disagree yeah I mean Brett Veach done an unbelievable job great job I mean that draft last year this year I mean all those kids are on the field you just think about can you really get six rookies up to speed and you win a championship with a complicated defense yeah yeah thank you so much for joining Thanks, us you're Appreciate awesome don't work too hard this week okay oh that's the work is done <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSIN, the sports betting network. Betting Guide is out now to help you bet on this year's big game. The guide features in-depth team breakdowns, Steve Mackinnon's Super Bowl simulation with player projections, plus favorite prop bets, picks, and best bets from all of our VEASAN hosts and guests, including how legendary sports broadcaster Brent Musburger is betting the big game. To get the guide and all that VEASAN has to offer, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash pro. We are live from our DraftKings set at Media Row. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni, and the one and only Chuck Pagano on set with us now, former Indianapolis Colts head coach, longtime head coach, defensive coordinator, defensive mastermind. Uh, so grateful to that. have yeah. you with us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. When you guys have already been sharing stories well, before we get on yeah, the air. Yeah, we've been through like... some wars together. We've been through some wars. We, we both sustained the Al Davis flight home after a loss, which is a painful thing. So put your thinking cap on. If you're Kyle Shanahan, what's your thought about how you're going to attack this Steve Spagnola heavy blitz defense yeah i think you got to win on first and second down right, right. you got to stay in third and manageable because if he if he doesn't and spags gets you in third and seven plus third and eight um it could be a long hard day because he's yeah. going to throw so much at you we saw what he did to baltimore unbelievable yeah. and all the different looks that he gave him yeah you know the different packages but you got to you got to run the ball you got to be successful in first and second down hit the you know the play action pass but and we know mccaffrey you know he's he's going to run it they got to try to limit him but uh you got to stay out of third and long against back when you were in the league and you were playing like somebody like andy who you knew the script was so damn important like how would you try to play 
play the script. Would you have something different on your call sheet that you didn't show them before to kind of confuse them? Yeah, that and then maybe save something for the second half, you know, right. not show them give, them, give them some different looks. And uh, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. That first 15, you go back, you know, because you got all this time to prepare for this game. Right. So you're going to watch every single game. You're going to go back, you know, a year, two years, because you don't have a lot of like the short yard stuff, the goal line stuff, but there's things there that Andy yeah. does. And they're like shovel pass. You're going to get a shovel pass. I remember we're sitting in the press box. Okay. And we're playing Philly, right? Yeah. I remember that game. Right. And they're in I backs. And I go, okay, no shovel. And then he shifts to split backs, right? Now shovel. And I start screaming to Robbo, right? And Wayne Hunfield, yeah. shovel's coming, shovel's coming. So there's going to be those things. But that first 15 is, is unbelievable. So, yeah, it, they'll do something different for we, him. We had him in that game to the fourth quarter. And they had a last drive of the game that kind of, and then we, that was the year we started 0 3. We had a really good team, but we had a bad, hard schedule to start off. Remember that? Absolutely. And then they got in flat backs, right? And yep. Westbrook, mm-hmm. he was not at the fullback. He was at the, and we were playing, it was third and one, right? Yeah. And we've got Grant, I think. Grant Irons, yeah. And then could, uh, it was a, he Gibson, was on scholarship. And and Derek Gibson, right, was – and I'm like, oh, it's the wheel route. It's the, it's going to be the wheel route because you go yeah. back and he's – you just got to recognize it's final formation with Andy because it's a circus, right? Right. Personnel groups, motion shifts, this – and they got in that. And we're screaming, right? Wheel route. And we said, Gip, take Westbrook and put the linebacker on the tight end. We didn't get it, too. Yep. We didn't get it. And he goes for Grand you know, Irons. Grant Irons was in the first game we played New England. They were throwing seams all over him. We never got that done. And then this okay. game. But we, we never could get him off the field. He was on scholarship. We, Remember Pat yeah. Jones? <laughs> Robbo, Robbo, you got to get him out of the game. They're killing us. <laughs> we play base defense, and they just go empty. Yeah. And keep our big guys out there in space. We had and Tyler Brayton playing outside linebacker and Grant Irons. We, had Herman, technique yeah. we, had, we had Herman Munster and somebody else out there. It was hilarious. That Anyway, Stormy, um, go ahead. No, I was just we talk so much about the 49ers offense and the step back that they've taken recently, whether it's getting to the quarterback or even the issues they have in their secondary stop in the run. I feel like the list goes on and on lately. And that's not the identity that the 49ers have been known for historically. Do you think this game that they can have the capability of getting back to the style of defense they had previously and even earlier this year that they were? They're going to have to because they hit that stretch, right? They lost those three games, uh, and they weren't playing good defense. Mm-hmm. And then Wilkes went in. I th- they had a bye. And they came out of the bye. They go get Chase Young, right? And then Isaiah Oliver was playing the slot, and they were struggling. So he took him out of there and put Lenore in there. Right. Yamador Lenore started to play better. But they've given up 150-plus yards. In both the in both playoff games, 159, they're giving up a, a game in the postseason. So they have to shore up, you know, the the middle of that defense. They're they're attacking. They're aggressive. They like to get off and, and penetrate. And so when you run zone schemes, things like that, they'll get penetration, but they can get cut out of gaps. Yeah. And then they don't command double teams. And then those guards come off the come off the double team blocking those interior defensive tackles. And then they get on they'll get on Warner. They'll get on uh, Greenlaw. Yeah. And those guys can if they command double teams and they and they let those linebackers run free. Yeah. Then they'll be okay. But if they, if they can't shut down this run game, because Andy don't want to run it. No, he wants to. That's why we talk about that all the time. He, he don't want to run it, but he's gonna, and he's got Pacheco. If he gets success he early running, he'll keep calling. Well, but if you could stop him early, he'll go to a. He's gonna go change his play. That's the been the book on him all the time. I just love the line that you've had this week of like Andy hates calling run plays, but he hates losing more. So he'll, he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Twenty five runs against Baltimore. Right. Right. I mean, he I mean, he had 30. Well, Mahomes had a couple of those carries, but he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to run it. We used to dare him. We'd play light box, play seven man box, seven man spacing, you know, deploy enough assets for coverage and dare him to dare him to run it now. But he'll do it. He'll do it. And, he, and, and he's really good. at you don't you don't create negative plays. See, that's the other thing. He's really good at getting back to the thing. So he's not in a third and 12. And he does that. And I, and I think that's really going to be ultimately the game. I, you know, what drives me crazy, Chuck, is all. All these people say, well, we're going to get an eight-man front and stop the run. And what you just described there was the horizontal gaps and the vertical gaps because it, when you're not aligned, when your run fits aren't tight, everybody's on different levels, and there creates the run game. And that's where San Francisco's really been poorly. Their run fits have been horrendous. 
Yeah, and then the effort. Oh, yeah. That's right, Wilkes, he had to call him out <laughs> yeah, last week, I right? And, and Baldy that. just was like, here. Like, we're in a, this is the NFC Championship game, right? And maybe I was telling Stormy, like, week three, week four, you might be addressing some of that stuff. Hey, we got to run the – because that's, like, non-negotiable. Right. Like, our effort, our passion, our preparation, all that stuff, that's, like, non-negotiable. You, we don't have to talk about that. And for him to have to address that at this time of year, because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't good. And no, Detroit, I mean, they rushed for 180 plus yards they, on them. Four one in the regular season, five six in the postseason. That's what they give up per rush. It's insane. It just it, it's frustrating. And she's for me. a 49 fan. I was gonna say for and me I as hate a telling fan, her this. I hate to, she's a huge fan. I hate telling her this. Well, I went up to <laughs> I went up to Chuck earlier and I said, please tell me when you come on with us, you can tell me some positive things about the 49ers <laughs> defense and how they'll get things turned around. And like I appreciate you trying, but it's it's unfortunate with somebody that you bring in like Chase Young that you have high expectations for. No, absolutely, and they got to do a great job setting the edge. But to me, it's it's Hargrave, it's Eric, you Armstead. know, Armstead. And then when, when those guys come in, that's where when those backups come in because they got to rest those guys and they got enough bodies in there. They they just don't those those initial guys, those first line guys. They've got to do a they've well, got to do a great job. And Hargrave, even it's just been frustrating. Like we don't hear his name the right. way that you expect that you're going to of somebody of his caliber. Yeah, we pay. Yes. Hargrave, what we paid him to bring him in there, <laughs> yeah, right? He's exactly. supposed to be doubled because what he's. Well, we know this. Have, Mahomes you know, is kryptonite. is the defensive front, right? So we know that Tampa, when they beat him, they won the front. Yep. We know that when Cincinnati beat him in, a, in the conference championship game, that second half of that game, their front played really well. If they don't do that, and I think if you can stop them from running early, now you can get those tackles. We just had Baldy on. We know Taylor and Smith are the weakness of their offensive line. You got to take advantage. That's where the Raiders won the game. Crosby and Coons were able. Able to pressure on the outside. How good have they been in the playoffs, though? I, well, that's because they've just. Been, I, I got to give them credit. Andy did an unbelievable job, Coach Nagy, of like, okay, what are we good at? What are we going to do? Okay, we can run Pacheco. You know, they start catching the ball. Kelsey looks like. Uh, you know, again. quit seeing Taylor maybe. As a, you know, got a break from that. Well, the European <laughs> tour helped probably. Yeah, you know, right? So yeah. she got out of the country doing her gig, right? And so, no, it's it, those tackles have played no penalties, no, no holding, well, the, no yeah. no false starts. Well, it's no like Belichick told the team before, you're not getting any of those calls. I mean, Vinovich doesn't, he'll let you play. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to let him play. They're not going to call holding on this game. I mean, if you're looking for a holding call, you're, you're in the wrong game. So we've, we've only got a minute and a half left with you here. I cannot let you go without an Al Davis story. I can't with the two of you on here together. I need one. I need well, something. I mean, you know, look, we were playing in Tennessee and we built a lead. This is the same year he's talking about. We built the lead against Tennessee with Kerry Collins and we were throwing it and they had, I think they had McNair was still there. He was still playing and they make this incredible comeback and I get a phone call in the press box, which is illegal, right, <laughs> from somebody who I won't say who, who's threatening to fire me if I don't tell them to change the defensive calls. And and I tell him that you, we got to do something different here. Year. And then Jerry Porter made a play, and we won that game. But, I mean, those are the kind of things that happen, right? He you never wanted – Stuart Swagger was our free safety, right? Yeah. He never wanted him out of the middle of the field. So we couldn't play any split safety. We couldn't play any two high shell. Quarters, cover two, whatever. Played one snap, like in five weeks. One snap. As soon as we got in it, the very next play, the phone rang. Okay, he's calling. And Mr. Davis was going crazy. Why isn't Stewart in the middle of the field? I told those guys – you can't do that. It, it, remember, remember preseason Seattle? They run a quarterback drawing us. Millard had the our defensive <laughs> line right. There was no no run. You talk about bad run. Like it's all Ran pass rush. Field, that's all I cared about. We run straight up the field. We're in two man. Safeties are twenty yards deep. Quarterback scrambles. Everybody's back turned right in the meeting. Goes. That's that's the safeties play, isn't it, coach? And I go. They're playing deep. They're playing deep. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook because right now we have a VSIN exclusive offer for our new DraftKings customers. Earn a $500 bonus bet for every thousand you bet up to $2,500. Do not wait though. This is a limited time. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our code VSIN, V S I N, when you sign up. You'll earn $500 in bonus bets for every thousand you bet right now. So get on it. We are rolling along here for Media Row in Las Vegas. Super Week continues. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings and so happy to welcome in Bonnie Jill Laughlin, radio host 98.7 The Spot in Dallas a, a new author as well so excited to get into that and as we were just talking about before we hopped on one of the most unique <laughs> backstories in all of backstories to get to where you are now. Thank you. Yeah it's been kind of, you know, you have to kind of continue to pivot, you know, if you want to stay, you know, relevant and have longevity in this industry and start off as a cheerleader, you know, and then all of a sudden I was a sportscaster and reporter host and went on to be a scout for the Lakers being the first female scout in the NBA and, you know, kept going and here I am. <laughs> you know, it's it's a great thing. I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to be a scout in the NBA. I wanted to run the 76ers and you've been able to achieve that. Maybe I took the wrong path. I should have gone the cheerleader route. I uh, think so too. You go right to draw from pom-poms and then you go right into incredible. scout. I've seen you move, Michael. You can make it happen. Uh, I don't think I can move an inch. <laughs> but, I don't think I can move between, an inch. You got a ring with as a cheerleader for the 49ers. Yes, I have that on. Just, I only have it on during Super Bowl week. What, and what, I put it back what year it. was that? That was the 94... 94 one. Okay. Well, the last time the Niners won it. Okay, great. Yeah, I yeah. have one from 84. So we yes. have. Yes. Oh, there we go. There you go. Yours is a little bigger. Yeah. Well, so I say that, <laughs> and then you have five more as your time as a scout with the Lakers. Yes, and ma'am. And so what is the common theme that you have seen being around all of these winning, winning organizations and teams? I think a lot of it has to do, you know, from the owner, obviously, you know, start from the top. And also just the, the, the hungry and the, you know, the intensity and the chip on the shoulder. Like these guys, they don't just show up for the game. It's all week long. They're you know hungry all season long, I should say. You know, are hungry to win it all and and to put the effort in and to the work ethic, like the Kobe's. Like he was right after we won the championship. No joke. The next day he was in the gym. Yeah. I am not joking. In the gym after yeah. we got back from Orlando, after we got back from Boston, it was amazing that he was still like, no, I could have worked on this. And you know, it's perfection at its finest. And I think that's what I saw with the common denominator is that these guys, they're they're never complacent. They always want more. Okay. 
okay, well, we want a ring. I want another one. I want back to back. You know, it's competitive stamina. And I always tell kids all the time when I speak to schools, you know, they always have Kobe's poster on the wall. Everybody has Kobe's poster on the wall, but then they don't really understand who Kobe is. They just emulate Kobe because they hear about Kobe, right? They hear the success, but they don't know all the work that goes into it. And to be great, you have to have that competitive stamina. And you've been lucky to be around players like that. I mean, so have I. Brady's exactly the same way. They're not Mm going to take any time off. They're going to keep going. And Mahomes, to me, seems to be the same way as well. So you can tell a great story about all that stuff because it's it's really the consistent factor in all great players. Yeah, and the work ethic, like you said, I think sometimes either you're born with it or not. I think it's hard mm-hmm. to instill it over time. I just think either you have it or you don't. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think we we learned in scouting was that you can you can improve work habits. You can't improve competitiveness. Yes, and that fire that you just have. Right, and those guys had it. Where people, you can get somebody to work harder. You can't get somebody to be more competitive. Yes, and you know, Cope said that. Do you remember him saying that one of his you know, speaking engagements, he said, I can't stand lazy people or people who just get complacent and right. who just don't have that drive. And if you're going to not be like how I am and perform 110%, I don't want you on my team. Right. What was it like to see him honored with the statue unveiling yesterday? I loved it. I was upset that I wasn't able to be there. Um, and I actually, I asked Jeannie, I'm like, give me a little tidbit. What is it going to look like? You know? And she's like, I can't tell you, but it was great to see that. I still can't believe it's been um, four years. Um, wow. I, I get really emotional when I just think about it just because we were so close. And like when we would go and travel, I'd sit next to him on the plane. He would talk about Vanessa. He would really like boost my morale because I always would get down in certain situations when I was scouting, um, being the first female. Yeah. And he was just um, back then. He was very empowering of women in that role. And that's why it you know, made sense him being the girl dad, you know, that he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, people didn't see that enough of that. I think they talk about it now that he's gone. But he was right. he was a pioneer for women right away from, for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, the fact what he was doing, unfortunately, the day he died, he was going up there to make yeah. it easy for his kids. Talk about the book. Tell us about what made you write the book and what's in the book. Yeah, in A League of Her Own, I wanted to have a book that was compelling, inspiring for women and to encompass all the women that have paved the way, the, the pioneers, you know, not just, oh, okay, uh, the, my journey. And, you know, I have a chapter, of course, but I, the Billie Jean Kings, the Layla Ali's, the Danica Patrick's, uh, the Jackie Joanna Kersey, the Mary Lou Retton's, and Menon Rayom, like people that some of the younger generation may not even yeah. know who these women are. Right. right. You know, yeah, sure. and that to know that there is a space for women, not just, you know, oh, the sidelines, you know, no, they can be in the front office. They could be on the eyes, off the eyes, on the court, off the, you know what I mean? I wanted them to know, oh, I can dream big and it actually can come true. Not just, I would wish I could do this. And so that was like my, my why. And when I get moms and, and some of these uh, kids who are like messaging me on social media, they're like, thank you so much. Now I know that uh, this is actually a real thing. It can well, happen. Yeah. You're such great evidence of like, if you can see it, you can be it. Yes. Sometimes you need that person to know that it's possible. Uh, I know it officially comes out in a couple of weeks, but people can do pre-orders pre-order, now, Pre-order, yes. And it's number one on Amazon for new releases. And I beat Dion. I beat Prime. And, yes. I, and I texted him. I said, I beat you. He goes, well, it's just for an hour. I'll beat you in the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> Competitive. Here we go. Well, and you have a connection with Prime, too, yes, right? Yes. We both were Niners to Cowboys. And people go, oh, did you do it because Prime was leaving? I'm like, no. It just was, you know, a coincidence. <laughs> but they said, okay, we're going to call you the Prime Time of the sidelines. I love it. <laughs> um, so Speaking to just your journey, though, a little bit, I'm, I'm very curious, how challenging was that for you to go from the cheerleading world to the scouting world? And did you struggle with that question mark of can I be taken seriously oh, in yeah, this world? Absolutely. Because I feel like that's just it's probably not realistic at all, but that's just yeah. the way it can be perceived. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I should say, though, it wasn't like I was a cheerleader and then riding the scouting. Right. There was like, you know, was eight years in between, maybe a little longer. But and I was uh, reporting and hosting and I was actually covering the Lakers and I was talking to the, the late Dr. Jerry Buss and Jeannie and Phil and Mitch and and Phil's like all you know with his deep voice like how does she know the triangle offense how, you know and I could you know, I could break it down and he thought that was pretty interesting as a female so I scouted for a year I didn't get paid because I wanted to prove myself and then they signed me to a five-year deal another five-year deal they love my scouting reports and um, yeah that was there 13 years how realistic was the Showtime show on HBO did you feel Ooh, that's a great question <sighs> I didn't like it okay, okay good I'm going to be honest with you I think because I'm close to those people well, I think it's important and so yeah. I really, really did not like how they portrayed Jerry West. You know, they made him like he was a psychomaniac. They did, and you know, and I've been around Jerry enough to know. Okay, that so didn't you think they did? I thought they, I thought they carried it and out. And you know, he's he's suing HBO. I did Good not for know him. That. Yeah, and I don't like how they made Chick Hearn maybe look like he was a racist when they were in like the uh, the war room. I don't know if you saw some of the things. 
No, I kind of tuned out of it because I didn't like the way they were treating Riley either. I, yes. I thought Riley wasn't really accurate. I thought they, I thought Jerry, I think they over-dramatized it. It's a little bit like when you watch Yellowstone now, and Beth, you loved her early, but then they made her too crazy. Too right? crazy. Right. And then it's not like relatable. And it's yeah, just, they, yeah, like, like she was great early, like, and I admired yeah, and her and early. I love Beth. I, I love Beth, Beth too. Dunn. I mean, Mike, uh, the great Mike Leach said that she would be a great assistant coach, which he was right. <laughs> but then they got her too far the other yeah, way. Yeah, right? but you're totally right. And it was funny. I was going to promote it um, when it first was coming out. And Jeannie and Linda Ramos literally said, can you please take down your tweet? Mm. We do not want to encourage this. Bonnie Joe, you're not wow. going to like how Dr. Buss is portrayed. You're not going to like anything about it. Uh, Gary Vitti, who was our trainer, remember Gary? He's yeah, sure. actually in it. And, oh, wow. And since he's been in it, he's gotten a little blackballed from the lake organization wow. they're not inviting him back for things well you know i mean look so i stay clear yeah. of that yeah. that's a smart thing to do who's the best player you scouted uh, jordan farmar maybe you know he's yeah. one of my guys and he was a local kid you know tap high ucla um he wasn't the biggest guard that we'd had and we didn't know basketball iq if he could handle the triangle but he ended up doing you know really well they didn't want him and then uh, i kept pushing for jordan pushing for jordan and then <laughs> here he got you know got a ring and yeah. um you know got a little feather in my cap there you go you gotta yeah. you gotta uh, it was hard great to, scouts have to speak up and and you, and you know, it was hard. You know, it's hard to scout and find that diamond in the rough when you're like having a really low draft pick. And with the sure. nine, you know, mm-hmm. with the Lakers, they're always winning. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, yeah, and plus the, the mentality of people is, well, he, we, we can't get good players. The NBA has this prevailing attitude that you can't get good players unless you have the first pick. Exactly. In the draft, if it's a lottery pick or true. whatever. And it's not true at all. And we were going internationally and Sunyui and we had some guys that came through. And but it was always tough because Phil, like, you know, wants perfection. And, um, and if, you know, if you didn't do exactly what how he wanted a player, even though it was a great player for some, another team, but they didn't, you know, didn't fit yeah. into the role of the Lakers. He was like, no, I don't care. I don't even want, I don't even want to see their report. Yeah. So I know obviously you still love the 49ers, have yes. a great relationship with that organization. How do you think they fare on Sunday? <sighs> I just want them to play how they played during the regular season, the defense. Yep. I don't like the past two, you know, um, playoff games. They say, oh, is it rust or, you know, for a quarterback, yes, but not the rest of the team. They should have been healthier coming out, you know, those games. And I don't like how they're not going after the quarterback. You've got to get to the quarterback no pass rush like what are we doing <laughs> yeah. and you know and then sometimes Shanny Shanahan he abandons the run we've got offensive player of the year we can't abandon the run you right. know so there's so many things that if they play yeah. like we know the Niners can play I think we're good but then you got Mahomes he can beat you with his arm he can beat you with his legs you're five seconds left and he's going to go all the way down the field so yeah. I'm really nervous and you know about this so is she I'm she's a matter of fact and I just don't want to get I don't want to be like the Buffalo Bills you know we're like you know we've got five but I'm just saying, like, when you get to the Super Bowl and you lose, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. And I just, it's, it's uh, I just, oh, God, I just, and, you know. Don't whole, pick too early. I keep yeah. telling her that. I'm, really? I'm, a, I'm yeah. a head case. Okay, okay. Head see, and I know, I think there's still one and a half, right, right now? It's two. two. Oh, it's two. two. Yeah. We've been at two. We've been uh, at two. I don't, and Travis Kelsey's playing out of his mind right now. So it's <laughs> playoff Kelsey always seems to go Thank on. You, Thank, Thank you so much for having me. And make sure. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.